The sacrifice of Christ as an atonement for sin is a great truth around which all other truths cluster. In order to be rightly understood and appreciated, every truth in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation must be studied in the life that streams from the cross of Calvary. I present before you the great, grand monument of mercy and regeneration, salvation and redemption, the Son of God uplifted on the cross. This is to be the foundation of every discourse given by our ministers. I'm William Earnhardt, a Bible worker in the uh, South Florida area, and I just shared with you one of my favorite quotes from Gospel Workers, page 315. And I would like to share with you today the Bible teaching of the gift of prophecy in light of the cross. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is prophecy. This gift is an identifying mark of the remnant church and was manifested in the ministry of Ellen G. White. As the Lord's messenger, her writings are continuing, are a continuing and authoritative source of truth which provide for the church comfort, guidance, instruction, and correction. They also make clear that the Bible is the standard by which all teaching and experience must be tested. Why is it important to understand the truth about the gift of prophecy? In 1 Corinthians 12, we read about several gifts God has given his church to help edify and build it up. Many are surprised to find that the gift of prophecy is one of the gifts mentioned in verse 10. Prophecy in the Bible sense is so much more than just, (coughs) sorry, prophecy in the biblical sense is so much more than just predicting the future. It is also having a message from Jesus bearing his testimony. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, according to Revelation 19.10. Why is it important to understand the gift of prophecy in light of the cross? Well, Ephesians 4, 1-13 tells us that after the cross, Jesus gave the church several gifts, including the gift of prophecy. Paul knew that just as Jesus and the prophets were not accepted in their time and place, that many in his day and in our day would reject the idea of someone having the gift of prophecy. So he wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21, Despise not prophesying, but rather prove all things, hold fast that which is good. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, and 21. We know that as sound advice, as John warns us in 1 John 4, 1, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. That's 1 John 4, 1. So let's take a look further into God's word and see how the scriptures reveal whether a person is truly a prophet or just a false prophet. Revelation 12:17 tells us and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. So, 
here in Revelation, it's telling us that God's true children are those who keep the commandments, even in the last days, and have the testimony of Jesus. What is the testimony of Jesus? Well, by letting Scripture interpret Scripture, Revelation 19.10 tells us, and I quote, Worship only God, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus, end quote. So somebody with the, the gift of prophecy is not giving a witness for themselves. They're giving a witness or a testimony for Jesus. And this is why we need to be very careful because just like if a mother tells her oldest child to go outside and tell the other kids to come in for dinner, the other kids can't think, oh, well, that's just our oldest sibling. You know, they, they can't tell us what to do. Well, that oldest sibling has a testimony or a witness coming from mother. And so it bears the authority of the mother. So likewise, somebody today having the gift of prophecy, they're not giving, speaking on their own authority. They're speaking on the authority of Jesus. It is a testimony not of themselves. It's not a witness of themselves. It is a witness and a testimony from Jesus. So in Amos 3, 7, what is the purpose of a prophet? And Amos 3, 7 tells us, Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. Amos 3, 7. How long is this gift of prophecy going to remain in the church? Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 reads, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. I, I don't think that we all have yet uh, stood up in the, the full and complete standard of Christ. So I believe those gifts, including prophecy, the gift of prophets, is still being <coughs> sorry is still being used today do only men have the gift of prophecy are only men prophets well in exodus 15:20 it reads then miriam the prophet aaron's sister took a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced Exodus 15 20. So here we see clearly that Miriam, Aaron's sister, was a prophet. So yes, women can be prophets, of course. Will this prophesying still continue in the last days? Joel 2 28 to 31 reads Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. 
In those days I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. Joel 2, 28 to 31. So this tells us that even as the day of the Lord's second coming, the day he arrives comes, that the gift of prophecy will still be poured out on men and women, young and old. So we need to be careful because, you know, there, there are people that say, oh, I only accept prophets that actually wrote in the Bible. Well, wait a minute. Uh, John the Baptist was a prophet. He never wrote anything in the Bible. Miriam was a prophet. She never wrote anything in the Bible. And if we really believe the Bible, we believe that there will be last day prophets. Because that's what the Bible teaches. We just read about that in Joel 2. 28 to 31. So if the Bible teaches that there will be prophets even in the last days, how can we tell the true from the false? Matthew 7, 15 through 20 reads, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Will what a prophet says come to pass? Jeremiah 28, verse 9. So a prophet who predicts peace must also show he is right. Only when his predictions come true can we know that he is really from the Lord. Jeremiah 28, verse 9. So, and, and of course, this would have to be a 100% accuracy. A prophet of God isn't going to be right half the time in their predictions. Their predictions would need to be 100% right. Anybody can guess and be right half the time, right? Does a prophet place their own interpretation on Scripture? 2 Peter 1.20 reads, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. 2 Peter 1.20 Will all they say be in harmony with the Scripture? Isaiah 8.20 reads, Look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict His word are completely in the dark. Isaiah 8, verse 20. So a prophet will never contradict anything that is in God's word. That is why in Acts 17, 11, when Paul was prophesying about Jesus fulfilling uh, 
all of the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, it says they searched the scriptures to see if those things were so. In Paul's day, Paul was the lesser light pointing toward the greater light of the Old Testament. And yes, it was seen that what Paul was preaching was true. It went along with the Bible. So then Paul was accepted as a prophet because he was in uh, agreement with Scripture. And in his day, he was the lesser light pointing to the greater light of the Old Testament. Today, a prophet would be the lesser light pointing towards the greater light of both the established New and Old Testament after we've seen that the New Testament writers have established themselves in being in harmony with the Old Testament writings. So today, people who contradict the Word of God are completely in the dark according to Isaiah 8 verse 20. So a prophet today or any prophet after Bible time would have to be in agreement with God's word. If they contradict it, there's no light in them. Now, I I know reading a lot in the Old Testament, a lot of the kings didn't like a lot of the prophets because they pointed out sin. And today, there are people that don't like the idea of Ellen White as a prophet because she points out sin. Well, that's what a prophet does. As a matter of fact, if a prophet is not pointing out sin, then they are probably not a prophet. All the prophets in the Bible pointed out sin. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah 58 verse 1, it reads, Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Isaiah 58 1 so yes prophets are called to point out sin will a prophet edify in counsel in 1st Corinthians 14 3 through 4 it reads but one who prophesies strengthens others encourages them and comforts them a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. 1 Corinthians 14, 3-4. By the way, if I didn't mention before, I am reading from the New Living Translation. Will they warn of judgment? Isaiah 24, 20 reads, The earth staggers like a drunk. It trembles like a tent in a storm. It falls and will not rise again. For the guilt of its rebellion rebellion is very heavy. Isaiah 24, verse 20. So here Isaiah is prophesying of a judgment, warning of a judgment. And so likewise, God's prophets in the last days will warn about a judgment. And Ellen White warns us and tells us about the investigative judgment that began in 1844. And for more information on that, look at, at my, uh, or listen to my podcast about the cleansing of the sanctuary in light of the cross. So what happens if we reject a true prophet? Again, if a parent tells their oldest child to 
give directions to the younger children and those younger children reject the older sibling then they're really rejecting the parents right so likewise if we reject a prophet we're really rejecting the God who sent that prophet and in Deuteronomy 18 verses 18 through 22 we read I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell the people everything I command him. I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. But any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die. But you may wonder, how will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophecy speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. Deuteronomy 18, 18 through 22. What is God's assurance to us? The last part of 2 Chronicles 2020 reads, Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. 2 Chronicles 2020. God has given us these prophets to point us to God's word to help us to succeed. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21, we are given some counsel from Paul. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21. So Paul is encouraging New Testament believers to not despise prophesying. Don't scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. I hope this is uh, giving you some ways to test a prophet, to know if they are a prophet from God or not if they are in harmony with the Bible, or if they are not. I would love to uh, hear from you regarding this topic or anything else that's on your heart. Uh, again, my name is William Earnhardt. I'm a Bible instructor in Florida. And you can reach me at racer3 at gmail.com. That's, you, you spell out the three. So it's R-A-C-E-R-T-H-R-E-E at gmail.com. God bless you.